Amen. Welcome to Morning Star. Got some people back, some new people. Glad to have everybody. Thank you, Margaret. What a wonderful job you guys did. Ray Lee, Elizabeth, thank y'all. All right. Well, you ready? We got Paul this morning. Yeah. Paul's officially uh, stepped up a notch now that he has the, the shaggy beard. <laughs> this should be really good now. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Awesome. So we're going to get started here. Let's pray real quick. Father, we love you. We need you. Holy Spirit, we just want to do what you want to do. What you're doing right now, we just want to get in line. So I just pray, Father, that you would just help me. Help me just to speak which, with the words you're speaking, Lord. Thank you for this body. Thank you for this family. And I just pray, Father, that uh, we just hear from you this morning, God. Not just hear from me, just but hear from you this morning. We need to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. So you all know we're going through some, some weird, crazy times, right? Just like, you know, we're getting, if you guys have kids, you know, you're getting ready. The fall's coming up and all there's all this prep of stuff um, that kids get involved in the fall, and man, it's a mess. <laughs> you know, the kids going back to school, um, kids' activities are not going back to school, yeah. Um, and how there's all these crazy regulations and restrictions and all this stuff that we, we've got to navigate through during this time. And then, of course, all the stuff that's been going on in our country and the election coming up. Um, we're, we're in kind of like some crazy times right now. And um, I think as we get closer to the election, we're going to see things get even a little weirder and a little crazier. Um, and, but that's okay. And it's okay because we're sons and daughters of the Most High God, that we have an inheritance that's greater than everything that's going on around us. And... Um, I really feel like the Lord wanted me to share this morning about one of those things, one of the pieces of our inheritance um, that's available for us during this time to help us navigate during this time. Is that, is that okay? Um, the Lord in the past few weeks has been drawing me to uh, Philippians 4, 6. So why don't you guys, if you guys have your Bible, let's just go ahead and turn there and... Um, this is a famously quoted scripture. Lord, give us new eyes to see this scripture. All right, I'm going to read two versions of it. I'll read the kind of the standard version first, and then I, I really want to go into uh, the Amplified that kind of breaks down some of the meanings of the words in Greek. Um, so let's, I'm going to start um, Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. All right. So you guys, how many people have heard that, that scripture before and quote it you know, all the time, right? Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to read the uh, the Amplified. It kind of breaks it down a little bit more. Uh, so just try not to read along. Try to just listen. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemingly whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Quotes. Fix your minds on them. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Isn't that good? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we need this peace that this scripture is talking about right now, don't we? Amen. The world needs this peace, don't they? Well, guess what? It's ours. It is available to us. And I want to kind of go through this scripture a little bit. The Lord has been speaking to me about it the past couple of weeks of how to really navigate where we're at right now and what's about to, to transpire over the next few months. He really wants us to be unshaken by the things that we're in right now and what are the things that are going to come. You know, Travis, you had that, that experience where the Lord, was it like you felt shaking, right? Wasn't that? And, and the Lord was telling you, don't be shaken. What's about to take place, right? In that Along those lines, I know <laughs> I'm butchering it, but along those lines, you know, there's a peace that we can walk in during these times that the world is going to be like, what is up with them? You know, and so I want to break that down a little bit. So right off the bat, you know, why the first part of that scripture, be anxious for nothing? Why does God not want us to worry? You know? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, he's a good father. And just like any other good father, he doesn't want his kids to be worrying about anything. You know, when my kids, I don't want my kids worrying about where the food they're going to be eating or what clothes they're going to be. They don't worry about those things. They don't even think about those things because they know their father and their mother is going to take care of them. They don't even like fret about that stuff. They just know it's coming. If anything, they might be a little entitled about it, but, but that's okay. You know, because they're my kids and I'm, I'm going to love on them. I'm going to do anything I can to make sure that their needs are taken care of. And our father is the same way, even more so. You know, he doesn't like to see his kids suffer anxiety and fear and worry about the things when we have this huge heavenly resource that's been made available for us. You know, it's kind of like 
It's almost like uh, sometimes when we step in worry and we're, we're worried and we're dwelling on something that's worry, like the, you know, what ifs, all the what ifs are kind of going through. And the Lord's just kind of like looking at us and he's like, his heart hurts for us because I think he's, he sees what is available for us and we're like standing right next to it. And we can't even see that, you know, our inheritance in him is not to worry, that we can actually have peace. He's a good father. That's his heart. A lot of times we've been beat up about, uh, about worry and about anxiety. Oh, you just don't have enough faith or you've been beat up. Who, anybody has been beat up by that? Man, you just have more faith. Come on. You know, you know God's not like that. He's not. He's a father that sees the resource that is available and he sees the enemy beating his kids up with worry and anxiety and his heart hurts for us. It does. And he's like, Paul, I've got this resource available to you. It's right next to you. Just take hold of it. It's yours. You know? Anyway, so worry, anxiety, you know, what does it do to us? When we're worrying about something, when we're anxious about something, what is, it, what, what is our natural reaction? What is the fruit of worry? Stress, yeah. Fear, yeah. It does. It stifles creativity. Sickness, that's exactly right. We have an epidemic of sickness that's root is anxiety in our nation right now. You know that? It's, I don't know if it's the most prescribed, but there's something... I'm not going to butcher the, the statistics or whatever, but yeah, there's an epidemic of worry in our nation, even before the virus and all this other stuff. There's an antidote to these things, but it also, it shuts you down. The reason why we get beat up so much with worry is because when you're not stifled and shut down by worries and the what ifs, you're not out taking the kingdom wherever God's planted you. It's shutting you down. The enemy wants to shut you down with worry. Right now, in the midst of the craziness and stuff that's coming, he wants to shut you down in worry. He wants you to hoard. <laughs> he wants you to isolate yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. I encourage, you know, being wise with coronavirus and stuff like that. You know, but at the same time, you can still call people. You can still Skype people. You can still Zoom people. You can still text people. You know what I'm saying? You can still reach out. You can still minister to people during this time. So the enemy, he wants to shut us down with worry so that we don't actually step into what we're called to do. Because when we step into what we're called to do, when we partner with God and our purpose and our plan that he has for us, we do damage to the enemy's kingdom. So he kind of circumvents, he kind of shuts it down before we even get started with worry and anxiety. All right. Number one, God's peace is part of you and I, our inheritance that was purchased on the cross. Number one, we need to establish this. Peace is not earned. You can't make yourself have peace. It is a gift of God, and it is part of your inheritance. Do you understand that? 
I need to understand that. Sometimes I'm like, I got to have peace. I don't have peace during this time. You know, we got to understand. It's just like anything, any resource in heaven, how we access resources in heaven, it's through faith by grace. Peace, power, healing, everything. All right. So let's turn to uh, Mark 4, 18, if you've got your Bibles. I want to talk about this. Jesus literally paid for your, your peace and my peace. Now, there's two types of peace here that we're talking about, and the scripture talks about. We'll get into that. Mark 4, 18. All right. So you guys know this parable of the sower. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and they choke the word, making it unfruitful. So what does worry do? Makes you unfruitful. Shuts you down before you even get started. All right. Jesus has authority over worry and anxiety. His, one of his names literally is Prince of Peace. He rules over peace. He is the Prince of Peace, right? And he received that title, I believe, based on what he did on the cross, what he accomplished on the cross. Now, was he Prince of Peace before the cross? Yes. (laughs) But we can even say more so that he's our Prince of Peace because of what he accomplished on the cross. All right? And then I'm going to kind of have Bible, interpret Bible here a little bit. So this is Isaiah 53. I'm going to read it. We actually were praying it this morning in an intercession. I'm going to start here in verse 2. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. That's awesome scripture. That is like... The, the cornerstone scripture for like, you know, I wish the Jewish people would, the blinders would be removed about Jesus right here. So right here, the punishment that brought us peace was on him. So the punishment that he bore on the cross was to allow us to have two types of peace. Peace with God. We're talking, you know, we were, we were enemies to God, the Bible says, before Christ. But because of the cross, we have now become friends of God, sons of God, children of God. We are now at peace with God. So Jesus became our peace in that way. But he also gave us peace to live in this world as sons and daughters. It is part of our inheritance. A peace that, that you know, the, the Hebrews say the shalom peace. It's kind of more than just like no turmoil or no stress. It's, it's more of like a, um, the shalom peace is more of like it has to do with your health and your well-being and your future. 
That's the peace that he's purchased for us. That is part of our inheritance. So I'm going to just read here from Matthew 27 and 28. There is a picture of this and what he did for us on the cross. So Matthew 27, 28, they stripped him and they put a scarlet robe on him and they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head and they put a staff in his right hand. So jumping back to Mark 14, still others like seed sown among, sor- uh, among thorns hear the word, but the worries of life. Do you see the connection there? What's the connection there? Does anybody see the connection there? Yeah. Still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth and desires for other things come and they choke out the word. And then in Matthew 27, it says, they stripped him, put a scarlet robe on him, and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. What's the connection there? What's that? The thorns, right? Yeah. You got it? The thorns, the worries of this life. Jesus paid for it. The crown of thorns sitting on his head. I want to show you guys a picture of something. Jesse, can you, uh, you show the, uh, the picture of the weird guy with the bands around? Yeah. Hopefully this works. Oh, there we go. Here we go. All right. So this is actually from the Migraine Society. Uh, just a basic uh, picture of like types of headaches. So this tension headache right here, what, is that, what does that look like? It's that band. Anybody ever have a stress or a tension headache before? Yeah, I've had. It's like a band around your head. Pain, squeezing. All right, Jesse, can you show the other one? Those thorns around his head, he took that for us. You see that? Man, thank you, Lord. We don't need to carry that. I feel like some of you guys, you, do, you deal with this. You deal with some headaches that are reoccurring. I feel like the Lord, he wants to heal you. By his wounds, you are healed. He has purchased it for us. He has purchased our peace. It is available to us as sons and daughters. Okay? We've got to... So, I know it took a little bit of time on that, but we've got to establish that this is the foundation. It is not based on anything that you can do. It's not based on you praying hard enough, not you praying in tongues for 12 hours. It is, that is not how we receive peace in the kingdom. That's how we receive it. That's it. He did it, and he is worthy of all of our worship and praise. We receive it by faith. And by grace, right? Thank you, Lord. So let's establish that right now. Don't let the enemy come and beat you up about it. See, you're worried again. Because he's going to do this and he's already doing it to you now. You were, you, you're in worry again. Don't you have any faith? You didn't pray enough. Now you're freaking out about all the stuff that's going on right now. And he'll come to you and he'll beat you up with it. And he'll condemn you. And then you just got to say, tell that idiot to shut up. The price was paid. And not by anything I could do, but solely on what he accomplished. 
All right? You got to establish that. Otherwise, you're just going to let the enemy just, you're going to go around chasing your tail, the enemy beating you up with it. Okay. So God, number one, God's peace is part of our inheritance as sons and daughters. It is yours. It is mine. It is yours for the taking. All right. Number two, let's move back to uh, Philippians 4, 6. I'm just going to kind of break this down as the Lord kind of has been breaking it down with me over the past couple of weeks. All right. So number one, it's our inheritance. Number two, it says right here, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition. Definite requests. That's what petition means. You guys know there's different types of prayer. I can't remember the scripture right off the top of my head, but like the Apostle Paul like lists like five of them in one of the scriptures. I can't remember if it's Ephesians or not, but there's different types of prayers. He's instructing us here specifically to make prayer and to make supplications. Supplications, petitions, means a specific request or a need that you have. You know, God wants you to talk about your needs with him. He is a good father. Just like I, if my kids need something, I want them to come and talk to me about it. What do you need, baby? They do it all the time, and that's my, that, that's my response. What do you need? <laughs> you know, if you guys are parents, you know that you probably say that phrase like 10 times a day. <laughs> what do you need? What do you need? Our father is so much better than we are of being a father. He is the same way. He is not... Jesus, he, he made it very clear. Your father in heaven knows what you need even before you ask it. You're, he already knows, but he wants you to engage with him in relationship with him because he loves relationship with you. And he knows in this exchange of, of him meeting our needs, we build this history with him that he is a good father because he's equipping us to step into greater and greater things in your purpose and your calling. And you will not take, you know, step into the fullness of your calling unless you start with the little. Does that make sense? So don't be surprised about all the trials and tribulations you're going on there for your training. Because he wants to prove to you over and over again that he is a good father. Because our carnal mind constantly battles that. It is the question from the garden. Did God really say that? Is he really a good father? Or is he holding, withholding something from you? Right? Wasn't that the question? Is he really a good father? Did he really say that? Well, I think he's withholding something from you. He's not a good father. That question is still, we will battle that probably till the day we die. But God is countering that by this history, by this relationship that you have with him, by allowing you, I know this might be kind of hard, allowing you to go through stuff. Not to like beat you up with it, not to see you get defeated, but for you to see his heart towards you and to see that he is a good father. He wants to show off for his kids. He wants to show off to you that he is in love with you. 
Because when you know you're loved, the sky is the limit because perfect love casts out all fear. Does that make sense? So don't be surprised at any trials you're going through. He's training you. He's training you, Margaret. He wants to prove to you. You might have had experiences in the past where your father wasn't perfect because nobody's father is, and you've got that imprint on the, our heavenly father. God wants to trump that with his love for you. He wants to just demolish that lie. Okay? Oh, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> coming back. By prayer and petition, a specific request. Okay? Number two. So, number one is, it's yours, it's your inheritance. Number two, ask specifically for what the thing, the worry is coming to you from. Does that make sense? <laughs> what is causing the anxiety? Ask specifically for God to meet your need. Are you anxious about your bills? Not getting paid this month? Pray specifically. God, I need $251.76. Pray specifically. I, and I know, I've heard some testimonies from you guys. I can give you a bunch. Where like I prayed specific numbers because of bill stuff in my past or whatever. And I would receive checks for that amount. <laughs> he wants to show off. He wants his fingerprints to be on his providing for you. Okay? All right. So ask specifically. That's number two. All right. Number three. Believe you have received what you have asked for. James 1, 6. But he must ask, when you ask for something specifically, you must ask with faith, without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. So how do you believe you've received something? What is something that we do when we receive a gift or we receive something? We say thank you. Yeah. You guys are reading ahead. That's what it says, right? So when you ask specifically, you do it with thanksgiving, right? When you receive a gift, your, our natural response, when I give my kids a gift for their birthday, they're like, oh, thank you, daddy. They, and they take it from me, and they say, thank you, daddy. It's the same way. That's why that's there. The thanksgiving part is the faith part. It is an act of faith. You might have like feelings and thoughts. Just because you like have thoughts of doubt doesn't mean you're necessarily doubting. Does that make sense? Because the enemy will come and give you all kinds of thoughts. But if you hold on to those thoughts and you dwell on those thoughts and you become to agree with those thoughts, then you're doubting. Does that make sense? So don't think you have to have a perfectly clear, you know how many times I've prayed for people out in the public and I'm full of doubt of like, oh crap, is this from you, God? 
all right, I'm going to step out. I wasn't coming in agreement with the doubt. I was coming in agreement that he's a good father, and I step out. You see the difference there? And over and over, he wows me by, like, just doing what he does, blessing people, touching people at Starbucks, at Walmart, you know, that kind of thing. We've heard all, I've told you guys a bunch of these stories. Here in the church, too. You think like, you know, when we come up here, I know all of you guys, when you come up here and you kind of step out in faith and you give a word or something like that, I know you'd be lying to me if you didn't have any kind of inkling of a thought of like doubt. We all deal with it. So don't beat yourself up about it and don't get stuck in it because the enemy will then, he'll actually use that to like shut you down. Oh, you've got doubt. You're not operating in faith. You know, courage, what's it? What, there's a definition of courage where um, courage isn't necessarily this like gung-ho. It's like in the midst of feeling fear or the, in, the, in the midst of, of having doubt, still choosing to choose God and step out. When we think of like courage, you know, like this big guy, he's like, I have no fear of anything. But courage, that's not God's courage. God's courage It's stepping out because you trust him. He's a good father. No matter what you're feeling, no matter what the the enemy's speaking to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, that voice of doubt can get quieter and quieter. I'll tell you that right now. The more you step out, the more you face any kind of doubt or fear that's coming against you, when you, when you choose to make a, a choice of your will to believe God and step out in faith, that voice gets quieter and quieter. It does. So I encourage you guys, step out. No matter what you're feeling. If you're feeling some doubt, who cares? Step out. Does that make sense? I'm just trying to be real with you because we can't like romanticize or like, you know, oh, the man of God has no fear. If you have no fear, if you have no doubt, you, you're a man of God. But if you have doubt, you're not a man of God. You know, we got to get past that idea. You know how many, you know, these, you know, I have relationships with a lot of people that are stepping out and seeing God do lots of things and that we have candid conversations and they still are doubting about stuff. Let's get real here. But we can grow and allowing our faith can grow where it just squashes. We recognize the voice of the enemy right off the bat, and we just tell him to shut up. Doubt. I know that's from you, you idiot. Shut up. I tell him that all the time. Because <laughs> he's given us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He has to listen. All right, so number one, it's your inheritance. Number two, Ask specifically. Number three, believe what you've received and step out in faith by thanking him. I know it might feel weird for you guys. How can I thank him for something I'm not seeing in front of me or I actually haven't received yet? You just got to do, you just got to step out. I know it might feel awkward. This feels religious. This is that name it, claim it stuff. You know, there is some truth in the name it, claim it stuff. The faith movement had awesome truths. Was there, there was some error. I do believe there were some. 
But man, thank you, Lord, for those people. Man, they opened up a whole new arena of like the word of God for us, for the church. I'm grateful for all of them. So um, don't feel weird. Everybody's doing it. (laughs) Thank him for it. Ask him specifically, God, I need a check for $239.56. Thank you, God, for that check. Thank you, God, that you're my provider. Thank you, God, that it's in the mail. Thank you, God, that you're going to meet this need. Thank him. Receive it through thanksgiving. All right. So, all right, North 3, believe what you asked for. Um, In the same way with God, we show faith, our faith that we believe by thanking him for receiving what we ask for, whether we feel it or not. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace which from Christ rule and act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body, you were also called to live and be thankful, giving praise to God always. Do you see this connection between peace and thankfulness? There's a connection there. I wonder if the most thankful people were the most peace, most at peace people. I should do like a little study there. They probably have, honestly. Yeah, we were talking about this morning. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. All right. So this isn't mind over matter. I don't. I don't want to. I want to be real. Real with you guys. We aren't like willing. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, and like you, your veins are popping out of your head, and you're trying to. Yes, I receive. I receive. I receive. <laughs> That's not it. Thank him. It's been done. All right. He's a good father. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. When you ask for something, that's good. He's going to give you the good thing. I think a lot of us sometimes are afraid of asking because we don't know what God's going to give us. We don't trust necessarily he's a good father. All right. And number four, last thing, the promise comes. Here's the promise. This is the attachment to you stepping out in faith from you. First off, believing that that peace is your inheritance, making a specific request, thanking him, receiving it by faith, the promise comes. Let me read it again. And this is verse 7. And God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of soul assured of its salvation through Christ. So that's the first type of peace. And, all, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace and that's that second kind of peace, which transcends all understanding. Here's the promise. It shall garrison and mount guard over your heart and over your mind, okay? Over your mind. It's going gonna, it's gonna to guard you. God's peace literally guards you. What is it guarding you from? Anxiety, the attack of the enemy, the worry. His peace will literally guard you from it. Now, I want to like really stress this, okay? 
Uh, and we, we talked about this maybe a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the love of God, experientially knowing this love of God. We talk about the peace of God the same way we talk about the love of God. It's kind of like this conceptual idea. God loves you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know God loves me. Yeah, yeah. We know it up here in our minds, but we have not actually experientially known it in our life. And, you know, we, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that, how, like, God wants you to experientially know every facet of him. That was the reason of the cross, for you to know him intimately, experientially, not just up in your brain. The brain is awesome. I love the brain. Thank you, God, for my brain. <laughs> but it's a tool. You understand that? Your brain is a tool. It is not who you are. In Western society, we've taught, and in psychology, we have taught that your brain is who you are. You cut off the head, you're dead, right? You know? No, the brain, it, it is part of you, but it's a tool. Who you really are, your spirit man or woman, that is who you are. When this brain dies, your spirit man will go and will live to an eternity, and it will eventually enter in a new spiritual body, that, like Jesus when he walked around, when he was risen from the dead, right? So we got we to gotta get past this part a little bit, okay? Because sometimes we get stuck in here of like, okay, I know. And we kind of like, the enemy kind of tricks us because we know a bunch of scriptures about peace. Or we know a bunch of scriptures about the love of God. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. It's all up in here. But like your behavior the way you live your life shows no fruit of it. We gotta be careful of this. You can call it emotionalism. God made your emotions. He is an emotional God. Read the Bible. <laughs> Thank God he's not a robot. <laughs> he made he loves our emotions. He wants us to experience him through our emotions. Now he doesn't want us like to be controlled by them. That's totally different. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> but at the same time, God wants us to experientially know the peace, not in our brains only. We can know it in our brain, and that's good. Know those scriptures. I encourage you, know those scriptures. Battle with those scriptures. But he wants you to experience his peace. He doesn't want anything to shake his kids. Does that make sense? It says it right here in the Bible if you don't believe me. The incomprehensible peace of God that blows your mind, that is beyond your brain. He wants you to have it, and it's going to guard your mind, and it's going to guard your heart. Okay. And I, I really... Okay, cool. So let's, uh, let's bring this home a little bit. Uh, man, this is an awesome promise. So... The peace of God is literally, it, it will literally guard your heart and mind against worry and against anxiety, against the news stories that you watch, false or true. You know, none of these things, they need, none of them need to shake us. We can walk and navigate with the Lord through our time that we're at and continue in our calling and our purpose where God's planted us here in Wilmington and beyond and not allow these things to shut us down. Okay? I mean, a lot of us are shut down even before the pandemic, you know? Just be real. God doesn't want any of that. 
He wants to set you free from that. He wants me to be set free from worry and anxiety. He actually wants to bring healing to, I know there's somebody, I know there is somebody, and I think they're maybe watching right now, or they deal with anxiety, and they have panic attacks, and I feel like the Lord wants to bring healing to you right now. You actually, I feel like he wants to rewire your brain. That's what I was kind of getting. So when your natural response is to go to what if and worry, that your natural response will go, God, you're a good father. I trust you. Thank you, Lord. So let's bring this home. You know, you know me, I'm very practical. So I, the Lord's been speaking to me a lot of this because this past month was probably potentially the most anxious month I've had in a very long time. And um, it has to do with my work. And I, I love my job. I love the people I work with. And um, but I had some like very high kind of pressure um, implementations of projects that I've been running. And, um, and it was causing me stress, to be honest with you. Okay, sorry, guys. I'm, you know, I wasn't in faith the whole time. Okay? And um, the Lord, he began to speak. He spoke to me directly. He's like, Paul, read, read. And then he also brought me to another, uh, the place in Matthew where it says, do not worry. And um, he just began to reinforce. He's like, Paul, start thanking me. He just, the thankfulness stood out. He's like, start thanking me. Ask specifically, start thanking me. So that's what I did. I had a couple go lives, or we call them in the project management world. And um, I had a couple go lives. I was like, God, the potential impact is, uh, could be very disastrous. <laughs> but I am thanking you beforehand that it's going to run smoothly. I'm thanking, and I got specific. I thank you that this is going to work, that this is going to work, that this is going to work. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I just began to thank him. I'm telling you, that stuff just starts shedding off of me, the fear, the worry about all that kind of stuff. I then ended up having a dream the night before. I mean, it was just like I was experiencing the peace of God. I had this dream before that everything went smoothly, and I was like, awesome. And guess what? When the go live came, it went smoothly. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. He is a good father. This other thing kind of happened. This, same, this happened like actually two weeks ago. And this might sound really, and I'm, I share this because you, we got to include God in everything. You know, he is interested in you and what you like and like what you're dealing with right now. It's not insignificant. Okay, and that's why I share this story. Like uh, a couple weeks ago, um, so we've been looking for this table. Uh, my wife, she homeschools our kids, and we have a homeschool room, and um, it's a mess. We have these desks, and it's a mess. And um, she does an awesome job at like organizing it all. But like we were like, man, we need to get rid of these desks. We need a table in here that's going to work perfectly for the kids and the teaching part of it and everything. And uh, she was looking and looking, and then uh, she couldn't find one that was the right one and the right height and all this stuff. And then um, and she found one on, uh, I think it was Craigslist or something like that, or maybe, yeah, yeah, it was Craigslist. And, um, and she messaging the person or whatever, hey, this is perfect, can I get this, blah, blah. And then... It totally fell through. She thought it was the Lord. She's like, oh, cool. Lord's like hooking me up with this table. This is exactly what I need. And, uh, and then when it, it fell through, she's like, Lord, what in the world? <laughs> 
And then uh, the Lord spoke to her and said, like, I got it. I got it. I got, I am a good father. I'm going to take care of even this little insignificant thing of a table. She gets a phone call an hour later from one of our friends who had no idea what we're doing. It's like, hey, I got this table. Immediately, Heather knew it was the Lord because she was just talking to him an hour ago about, hey, I'm going to take care of it. And then Heather didn't even let her finish. She said, I'll take it. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, we got it. And uh, it's perfect. It's perfect table. I know this sounds kind of like insignificant. A table, who cares about a table? Come on now. God cares about that stuff. He does. He wants to show off in your life. He's a good father. He wants to take care of you. Let him take care of you. That independent, I've got to do it myself and earn it myself. You know, that is an enemy of the cross. Recognize it. You are a loved son and daughter who has an inheritance that we can't even comprehend yet. We're getting to know it. Slowly by slowly, the Holy Spirit is, in, is showing it to us slowly and slowly. So I want just, just want to encourage you guys, we can make this real. We can make this practical in our everyday life. So if you have a, a need in your life, something crazy goes on, stuff happens in the future here, stuff's always going to happen in the future, you don't need to worry. He is a good father. He's going to take care of you. So what, number one, it's yours. It's your inheritance. Take it. He paid a huge price for it. Thank you, Lord, for that price. It's yours. And number two, make your specific request known to God. This is scripture. You're not begging. Don't beg. It's yours. Receive it, number three, with thanksgiving. By faith. That is your act of faith. Thank you, God. I'm receiving that. Might feel funny. <laughs> it will, because your carnal mind will be like, that's dumb. This is, what? How can you thank God for something you don't have? Your carnal mind will fight you. Tell him to shut up. <laughs> thank you, God. Okay? Number four, the promise comes. The peace of God, you will experience. You can experientially know it, and it will guard your mind, and it will guard your heart. He's paid for it. Remember, when, when you're having the anxiety, remember the, remember the cross. Remember the crown of thorns. He didn't do that for nothing. He did it for you. He did it for me. All right. So let's do something real quick. Bring this thing home. If you are feeling any anxiety... First off, God doesn't want you to feel anxiety. He doesn't want you to be trapped in worry. He wants to set you free. He wants to bring healing. If you do struggle with that chronically, God does want to bring healing there. There are chemical imbalances, I believe, that do cause this. God can physically heal your brain. I've seen it happen. Now, it also can be demonic, Spirit of fear, worry, all that kind of stuff. But we have been given authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and on all the power, all the power of the enemy. He's been stripped of his power. Colossians says, when Jesus accomplished the work on the cross, he was stripped. Okay? All right. So let's, let's pray. 
okay? If you're feeling any kind of anxiety right now, if you ever, if you're having, if you feel tension headaches, you get stress headaches, just put your head, your hand on your, on your head or your forehead or wherever on your head, wherever, it doesn't matter. And just thank him. Just thank him for your healing. So let, let's practice. Ask if there's a need that you're struggling with, that you're worrying about, ask specifically. Just name it. God, I need blue Nike shoes. <laughs> you know, I'm just joking here, but be specific. And then thank him for it. Just like when you received a gift when you were just a, a little kid and you said, thank you, daddy. Just tell them, thank you, daddy. You're a good father. Thank him. Just step out in faith, whether your brain tells you it's weird or not. Step out in faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. Any chronic headaches caused by tension? Any kind of chronic jaw issues because of tension or stress or worry? We just speak to those right now. Be healed. In Jesus' name, by his wounds, you have been healed. It is yours, and we apply it right now over you in the name of Jesus.